All right, so we are wrapped. I'm pumped to be back. This message has been on my heart, and I'm excited to share it with you since the beginning of planning this series. And I don't know if there's extra excitement because it's been two weeks since I got to share from God's Word, but, but, but it's here. And I wonder, as we are here into January 23rd, you know, new year, new you, how's that resolution going for you? Uh, yeah, that's good. Some of you guys are either lying or still rocking it. I'm proud of you if you're still rocking it. No lying in church, people. All right. Um, but the, the fact is the majority of people by January 21st have completely given up on their New Year's resolution. They're like, it was good. <laughs> I don't know if we clap for that. Um, New Year's new me. And it's like this, the, the old me followed me into this year and just ruining it. And I don't know if that's how you've been feeling but I want to encourage you. I don't believe it needs to be new year, new you. I believe that just very simply, we need to identify an area of our life and say, I'm going to do better here in a small and measurable way because when we plant a small seed in the kingdom of God, he grows it and he multiplies it and he brings it to harvest, amen? Amen. And so when we begin to take steps of obedience, God meets us at that point and he does something significant with it. And that's really the heart of what we're going to study today from God's word. But I I want, as we read this, I want to go ahead and set your eyes a little bit on the recognition that how you live and the choices that you make, they matter significantly. They matter significantly in your life in your family, in the kingdom of God. And I believe a mistake, there's this polar swing that occurs sometimes within the evangelical church because grace is powerful and grace is important and grace is sufficient. And we lean so far into the grace side that we can err into what I do doesn't really matter. And I wanna tell you from the teachings of Jesus and from the teachings of the apostles that we have recorded in scripture, what you choose and how you live matters significantly. And with that in mind, we're going to open our Bibles to Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10 today. If you have your Bible, you can open. We'll, of course, project the words on the screen as I read them. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation of Scripture today, starting in verse 7 of Galatians chapter 6. The Apostle Paul writes, and he says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone especially to those in the family of faith. Now, when we think about doing good, when we think about someone who's in harvest season, who's like, they're just in the season where it seems like everything is winning and they have life together, we often can default to a position of it. It must be nice. Like, it just must be nice to have gotten so lucky to land in a marriage where it looks like you guys just want to make out all the time. You've been married 30 years, and for some reason, you still look like at each other like newlyweds. It must be nice to just have gotten that. And you didn't come from money, but it seems like you have plenty of it, and it just be nice. It must be nice that all that money fell in your lap, and you are, you're not out of shape, and you're 45 years old. Like, you're pretty lucky. Like, everything, like, you just have it all. It must be nice. 
Because what we often just focus on is what we can see that they have the things that we wish we had, but we have no idea about the work that has occurred in the background for them to have all of that. And there is a truth in the world that we live in, as well as in the kingdom of God, that there, there is a spiritual law and a physical law of what you plant is what you harvest. And, and believe me, there is grace and God forgives all sins and in his mercy, he is with us no matter what. But in the way that your life is going and in the way that it has gone and the way that it will go, there is a spiritual truth about planting and reaping that has been in play and will continue to be in play. And, and if you want to see more success, if you want to see the goals and the dreams that God has put in your heart and in your mind come to fruition, then one of the things that you need to begin to recognize is that your consistency of saying, I'm going to get better, I'm going to grow in this, I'm going to plant seeds that will grow into something that God can bless. I believe that consistency is one of the biggest keys to beginning to plant the things that we need to. And Craig Rochelle's, um quote that we've talked about in the first week, I'm going to remind you of again, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. It must be nice to have a marriage that's that passionate. Well, you know what? They've protected their date night. They've protected their time together. They've protected the way that they communicate together. And so they have a relationship that is close. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Yes, they're in good shape because they consistently watch their diet and they work out. Look, there is no spiritual shortcut for those things. Same thing with your relationship with God. It it must be nice. They just seem like they always have it together with their things with God. They're always so passionate about God. That's not something that happened by chance. You don't grow close to God by chance. It's by daily dedication of saying, I'm setting my heart and my time apart to God and setting him first. I'm seeking the kingdom of God first and everything else will be added. And the the result of that is that you see someone who it just, that you can tell that they walk closely with God. And those things aren't from accident, but they're from walking consistency with consistency and understanding that what they do, what they choose, how they live day in and day out, it creates a result for later. It creates a result that can either be positive or can be destructive. And that's what the apostle begins to draw out in this passage. But he starts, first of all, addressing the concept. He says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You always harvest what you plant. He's addressing Christians within the church. And he's saying, if you have within you the idea that the way that you live doesn't matter, if you think that you're going to escape the justice of God because you're continuing to just gratify the flesh, you're just doing what's most convenient, what's most comfortable, what's, what's most pleasurable, even though you know that it's outside of God's design, if you continue in that way, it's not going to end well for you because you're going to harvest from the seeds that you plant right now. And he begins to dispel that, that myth, you always harvest what you plant. Those who will satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death. And those who live to please the Spirit of God will harvest everlasting life. The evidence of someone who has received grace is a changed life. And so the two things of receiving grace and mercy and forgiveness, they go hand in hand with living a different life. And I'm going to go ahead and give you my three points if you want to write them down, and then I'm going to teach them to you. But they're this, and they're from the passage very simply. First of all, you harvest what you plant. You harvest what you plant. It's a spiritual principle. Number two, you harvest more than you plant. And number three, you harvest after you plant. Beginning with you harvest 
what you plant. We know we won't be misled because God's justice is going to come to fruition. It's going to end up the way that we know that it's going to end up because it works just like the principle on earth. If you plant green beans, what are you going to get? That's right. You are so smart. I'm so proud of you guys. Good job. If you plant corn, what are you going to get? That's right. If you plant okra, what are you going to get? Who plants okra? Come on, this is not South Georgia. We, we don't eat that around here. But, but we know that whatever you put in is whatever you're going to get out. And I want to tell you, I take absolutely zero pleasure from this. It breaks my heart when I see someone hit rock bottom. But it always, it's one of those things, it just shakes my rationale a little bit. When someone hits rock bottom and they're surprised to be there. It's like, okay, like I understand it hurts to be here, but for the last 20 years, you've chosen addiction over freedom. For the last 20 years, you've attacked people with your words. For the last 20 years, you've maxed out credit cards and moved to the next credit card. Doesn't matter the interest rate, you haven't been trying to pay them off. How are you shocked to arrive at the place that you are now? You entered into relationships that you knew were not honoring to God. And now you're wondering why your relationship is so broken. You, you have walked in a way that you know God is there, but you have never listened to his voice. And now you're asking, how did I get here? This is the obvious conclusion of years of destructive decisions. It's not a surprise. What you plant is what you will harvest. This spiritual truth works in both ways. And if you were to honestly look at your life right now of the way that you speak to other people, the way that you live, the way that you manage your life, manage your finances, manage your time, manage your communication with people, and you describe them as seeds, what are you planting? And when the seeds that you plant through your actions right now grow into something big, are you going to be proud of what has grown? Or are you going to be scared of what has grown? Are you going to ask, how did this happen to me? How did it get this way? I mean, yes, I ignored my children for the last 10 years, but how is it that they just don't want to talk to me? I've ignored my relationship with my spouse for the last 10 years. Why don't we feel closer to each other? And I, I, I'm not trying to, to, to move guilt here, but I want to begin to ask questions and for you to analyze and say, is there something, is there a behavior, is a relationship going in a way right now that my actions in it are growing something that I know that I don't want? Because eventually that is gonna come to harvest. Eventually that's gonna happen. And we, we miss it in the agricultural ideas. We miss it in the way that we live our life. But I think that we understand it in aviation. Let's just pretend for a minute that you boarded a plane in Fort Myers and you're headed to Denver, Colorado to go see some real cold weather. How did we get a winter weather advisory right now? It's 40 degrees outside. I mean, it's not really scary. But let's say you want to go see real cold weather. You're going to Denver, Colorado from Fort Myers. And you get on the plane, and you've been flying for maybe 45 minutes or so. And all of a sudden, the captain gets onto the intercom, and he goes, This is your captain speaking. I'd like to welcome you to our flight on behalf of all of our crew members today. Our 717 has reached its cruising altitude of 35,000 feet, and we are moving about 550 miles per hour on our way to Denver, Colorado. And... Uh, though we know we're going to Denver, we are a little bit confused right now because we know that we just flew over Miami, Florida, and we're out over water right now. 
And we're pretty sure that that is the wrong direction, but we're just gonna, we've been flying this way for a while now, so we're just gonna keep going and see how it goes. And we will keep you up to date if we run out of fuel over the Atlantic Ocean or if we see Africa, and we'll update you as we keep going. If you were on that flight, you would be making your way towards the cabin, right? Like, you'd be like, pilot, we need to have a conversation. I don't feel like swimming today. I'm supposed to see snow today. Like, you understand that in aviation, that every mile that we keep flying in the wrong direction, I'm getting further and further from my goal. But we live our life as though these actions aren't eventually going to grow into something that we despise. We, we know that laziness will not produce the health and the healthiness that we need in our body. We, we know that, that inaction in our faith is not going to grow us into the person that God has called us to be. We, we know that, that, not, that our, our relationship with our spouse or our loved ones, that if we don't intentionally pour into them, that that relationship is not going to be closer than it is right now, a year from now. But we continue in those behaviors as if we're not getting further away from our goal, as if we're not going to reap what we sow as if we're not going to harvest what we have planted. And so the, f- the first concept from this passage is so simple, but I believe that, that the evangelical church, the Protestant church, is missing this truth that your actions matter significantly. They matter for your influence on earth as you are telling people about the hope that is only found in Christ. It matters in your family. It matters towards your goal. And it matters in the kingdom of God. Because when we begin to just take those small steps of obedience, God blesses them and he turns them into something bigger. And that's the the second point and the second spiritual truth in this is that you harvest more than what you plant. God always takes what we do in obedience and he multiplies it bigger than what we ever could have done with it on our own. And Jesus was teaching about this and talking about people who receive the gospel in Mark chapter four, verse 20. And he said, and the seeds that fell on good soil represent those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of, listen to this, 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as what has been planted. This is an amazing principle. The the gospel at work in you can create a multitude of return. But I want to tell you, I I believe that we see in other people that it's like the little things that are destructive, those end up multiplying as well. We're not given what the math looks like that on that in scripture, but we know a little flirtatious conversation is just a little thing. It can turn into something that destroys an entire marriage and a family, Right? A little bit of substance abuse can turn into a huge addiction that derails your entire life. Inversely, a little bit of savings from the time that you're 20 years old, compounded until you're 65, can turn into millions of dollars. We understand little things can multiply into huge things, and so it is with the kingdom of God. And when we plant something, when we take a step of faith, when we have that moment where we feel God's push, you need to step out in this area. You you need to begin to live your faith out. And it feels like it's such a small little step of faith. God takes that step and he multiplies its power and influence in your life in ways that you would never have expected. Little things given time, they they, they can add up. I'll, I'll compare it to this too. Little things in people. 
Like when, when you come through the doors at Gulfside, chances are you're gonna gr- get greeted by like a Liz Jones or a George and, and Dorothy Allen. And, and a, as you come in, it's like they just have this little smile that you can't help but just smile back at. And it might seem like a little thing for them on their schedule to be like, I'm gonna be out there and greet, but I know that it encourages literally hundreds of people on a Sunday when they just use that little smile and that little gift of hospitality to welcome people into church. And I have had people who have come up and told me, like, and I took it as a compliment, just so you know, you don't get worried about my pride. But they're like, I came to Gulfside the the first time and really the reason I came back was because of how nice the greeter was. I was like, well, it wasn't because of the pastor or the singing or, you know, the cool environments. I I hear it was the greeter and I'm fine with that. Because I recognize the, the power of the gifts that God has in people from everything as, you know, as big, as important as greeting to things on stage of preaching and worship. All of those things work together and they all are just these little things that it's like God will take and he will multiply and he will use it in the life of other people. He'll use it in your life in ways that you don't anticipate, but it always multiplies. And I wanna tell you that any discipline Any area that you begin to say, I'm gonna honor God in this discipline, whether it's my weight, whether it's my words, whether it's my finances, whether it's how I use my time, whether it's how I communicate with my spouse, any area of discipline bleeds into all the others. I love to see when one of you guys are like, I'm really taking my health seriously because I know that when you get your health right, you're gonna be like, it's gonna immediately bleed over into, okay, how's my spiritual health? How's my emotional health? How's my financial health? It always bleeds into others. And I'm gonna tell you the same is true of the opposite. Like when you get spiritually healthy, I know God's gonna begin to convict your heart about how you care for the temple of God. It all goes together. So I always love to see anyone taking any healthy step. And I don't want you to miss the importance of any of those healthy steps. Because when God begins to talk to you and says, you know what, you need to cut down how much soda you're drinking. You might be like, this is a dumb thing for God to talk to me about. Like my soda, really, I'm gonna tell you, it influences other things. And especially if you're saying, I need to lose weight. Um, And just for for the numbers thing, uh, I'll pick on the things that I like. Dr. Pepper, one can of Dr. Pepper, about 150 calories. Uh, Two Oreos, which I don't know how you could ever just eat two Oreos, but 140 calories. When you eat them by the sleeve like I do, it's 980 calories. Um, That's good to, to, to measure down some. But let's say that you just decide, I'm just gonna do one less soda a day one less soda or two less Oreos. After 27 months of saying, okay, I'm just doing one less, that is gonna equal 33 and a half pounds in your life. If you continue on the path of just continuing to eat in a way that you know is unhealthy, then you're gonna gain 33 and a half pounds, which is a 70 or 67 pound swing at the end of 27 months. And you know for your health, that's a pretty significant swing for your body. And In this way, I wanna tell you, the principles line up earthly and spiritual. The little decisions will compound and multiply into something bigger in your life. And I I, I have no problem pressing you of saying, okay, you need to focus on your physical health because it is connected to your spiritual health. And it's a fight I'm fighting too, because man, I know COVID from, I, during COVID, have definitely hit a point where I was 20 pounds heavier than I was at the beginning of COVID. But I'll tell you, since the beginning of this year, I'm down 10 pounds from where I was. And it didn't, yeah, and it didn't happen by doing anything crazy out there. I haven't been able to hit the gym like I like, but I have decided I have to honor God in the way that I eat. And so little by little, it's been dropping down and I'm gonna get to where I need to go. And I know that, like I said, discipline, it bleeds into every other area. 
And so I don't want you to miss the importance of whatever one thing it is that God's calling you to do better in because it's gonna touch every area of your life eventually, either in a beneficial way or a destructive way. And I, I love the illustration of what we plant returns to harvest because there's just this truth in planting that when you put a seed in the ground, there's this whole waiting time of, did this matter at all? Is this seed growing at all? Like only God knows what's happening there under the surface. And if I try to dig it up, I know it's not gonna grow. So I have to just sit and wait and trust that God is gonna do something with this. In the same way, in, in places in your faith, in your family, in your relationships, when you begin to take the steps, you'd be like, hey, you know, I, I don't know if it's making a difference. I've been trying for the last seven days to repair my relationship with my spouse. Well, you've spent the last 20 years screwing it up, so maybe you should give it a little bit more than five or seven days before you give up on making improvements to it, right? That's right. And, and so it might feel like in this time of getting started, like, will the results even happen? I know, and you know, if you've ever tried to move the needle on the scale, it's like you follow the diet for a few days and it's like the stupid needle hasn't moved at all. And I'm doing what I'm supposed to. Keep doing what you're supposed to. Keep doing, keep making the right decisions. Because in time, you will reap a harvest. In time, you will move towards those goals. And as you seek to honor God in any area of your life, he's gonna meet you right there and he's gonna begin to work. And then the third spiritual principle in this, which is a difficult one for our generation and the younger generations, I believe, is you harvest after you plant. This is part of that waiting thing. Because I know so many of us would, would love it if, it was, if this was the way that God designed the world. It's like, I'm just going to declare to the world that I'm gonna work out and I've made the decision to work out and I will do the work later, but I get the six pack right now. Like, boom, it's there. Like, I declare I'm gonna save money for the rest of my life and I'm gonna stop buying stupid things and boom, a milli shows up in my bank account. Like, it would be great if it worked that way. It doesn't work that way. The work comes first. The reward comes later. The planting happens. There's a season of waiting that happens. There's a season of expectation that happens. There's a season where you feel like I'm tired and I don't know if this works and it happens. And what we are written to from the apostle in verse nine, he says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. There is a point of getting tired. There's a point of questioning if it's gonna happen. And we are told to walk with endurance through that time with an expectation that God is so faithful, I can trust him when I don't see as we walk through that time. And like I said at the beginning of this, I want the application of this passage to be bullet thin, to recognize this isn't, I'm gonna fix everything in my life, but to say, there is one area that I'm going to attack. There's one area that's gonna have my focus and I'm not gonna be perfect at it, but I'm gonna do better than what I've been doing. And I'm gonna improve by one degree. As I was talking about aviation before, and I've got an air traffic control guy in the room. He can correct me if I'm wrong on this later. But if you are off in aviation by one degree for every 60 miles that you go, you're one mile away from your destination from where you should have been. Like one degree of correction. And so what pilots have to do as they're flying and they're going down their, their course, they have to continue to make course correction. I'm glad that they don't announce that over the intercom. Like, hey guys, we're, we're off by about 15 miles from where we should be, but don't worry, we're back on course now. They keep that a secret as that's happening on the flight. But in your life, I want you to enter into this time where you're saying, I'm gonna grow and I'm gonna do better in this area with the concept that there will be course correction that occurs. 
that as I see and I'm going and I begin to veer off path, I'm going right back to path. It's not like I'm giving up and I'm just flying to the middle of the Atlantic Ocean anymore. Like I'm gonna do better because it's gonna take course corrections. It's gonna take time and it's gonna take those places where you, you ask yourself like, is this, is this happening? Is it gonna make a difference? We harvest after we plant. Um, I have a five-year-old son. We have three daughters and a son and the youngest is five. His name's Anthony, really Paul Anthony Erminger the fourth, but to reduce confusion, he goes by Anthony. And he's a five-year-old and I don't know genetically how it happened, but he is hard-headed. Like I, ju- I know exactly where that came from. But not only is he hard-headed, but at five years old, as, as little boys do, he feels everything very deeply. And one of his deepest feelings is hunger. And Yeah, that's right. Parents of boys, like they they know what's going on. And when he is hungry, like he needs to eat like right now or he's going to die. And so like when he comes to me and he's like, dad, I need food. I'm like, okay, I will create for you the culinary masterpiece of Kraft macaroni and cheese. And he's like, good. I love that. He's like, can I eat it right now? I'm like, I have to cook it first. And so I get the pot and I fill it with water and I put it on the stove. And he comes to me and he's like, I don't think it's working, dad. And I'm like, why not? He's like, a cuz, because he says a cuz for some reason. He says, a cuz, it's not smoking. And I'm like, well, I know most of the food I cook normally smokes, but this one doesn't smoke. It steams, there's a difference, Um, but the water's heating up. It's like, it doesn't look like the water's heating up. I was like, it is, you just can't tell. And so, you know, 30 seconds later, is it done yet? Can I eat it yet? No, water's still heating up. Whole watch pot doesn't boil thing. He's like, are you sure you know what you're doing? Should I go get mom? No, I know what I'm doing. We've got this handled, made mac and cheese lots of times successfully. This one's going to be just like those other successful times. It's going to boil. I don't think it's going to boil. It's going to boil. It's going to be fine. And then almost in one magic moment, it goes from not doing anything to steaming and boiling just like that. And it, it just looks like an overnight success. Like, why didn't you just do that at the beginning? Like, why didn't you just make it boil right away? Well, it takes time. And one degree at a time, the water gets hotter until it reaches the boiling point until we can cook the macaroni, mix in the chemicals to make it turn orange and then enjoy that food. <laughs> and I, I think in our, our life, it's like we want the harvest first and God's like, no, you have to plant first and the harvest comes later. It's like, okay, well, let's get it started. And we, we look and we say, okay, it doesn't look like anything's happening, God. And he's like, I've done this lots of times. Maybe I should find someone else to help me do this. No, it's not gonna work out well for you. Do this with me. Just wait one degree at a time, one little change at a time. The temperature will rise a little bit at a time until real work can occur. And we just have this mindset of just, I want it now, I want it, I need it now. No, you'll be okay. You can, you can wait a minute. The harvest will come. And I want you to walk in to this next day, this next week, this month, this season of your life with a recognition that the goal that is on my heart, it will be achieved. But there's gonna be some waiting involved. There's gonna be some consistency involved. And there's gonna be a recognition that every choice that I make along the way matters significantly. Because it's gonna grow into something. The attitudes, the behaviors, the prayers, the time spent studying and memorizing scripture, each one of these one degree is just gonna move me a little bit forward until I reach that goal that God has put on my heart and then he resets it and brings me even further. Band, if you guys will make your way out, I'm gonna close this thing up. And this is a spiritual truth. This is a promise. You will harvest what you plant. 
And some of us have been planting things that are destructive and it's time to get started again, planting something that is gonna produce spiritual fruit in our life and in the kingdom of God. And as I even get started with that, I know there's so many people that as they hear it and they're like, but I've messed up so much and you're believing this lie that you've been too far from God for too long, that you've made too many mistakes, that you've been too deep into addiction and problem and destruction. And I wanna remind you of the truth that God's grace is sufficient to bring you back. And because of your story, you might have to walk through some things, but God is gonna bring you right through them and the dreams that he has set in your heart, they are not impossible. And if they're God-given, he is gonna show you the straight line to move towards those goals. But it's gonna start with that first yes to God that I'm gonna begin to do it your way, God, and not mine anymore. There's gonna be that recognition that my choices and my decisions, they are like seeds that get planted in the ground. And so I'm gonna choose with each each decision to plant something that is gonna create spiritual fruit that I want in my family, that I want in my marriage, that I want in my career. I'm gonna plant the spiritual seeds with my decisions that one day when I am face to face with my creator, I'll be proud to say, Because of your strength and your spirit, I was able to do that. And because of the strength that came from you, that grew into something that was better and bigger than I ever thought it would. And it blessed so many people and all the glory is to you, God. It's gonna need this moment where you recognize, where you have eyes to see it and ears to hear it, that what you choose and how you live, it matters. It grows into something. So let's be a church. Let's be a family that prepares for a good harvest. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that grace and kindness and mercy and forgiveness and new life is found in Jesus Christ. That you take our sins as far as the east is from the west and you forgive them. And then you call us to a life and you you bring the recognition to our mind that how we live matters. What we plant will grow into something. So just at this moment, by your spirit, would you just convict our heart and our mind and show us the area of focus that needs our attention, that we will do better. We won't be perfect, but we will be better and we will seek to honor you in this area. And as we step out, may they just be like seeds that that, that grow into something significant something that can sustain more trust and more faith and more steps. We thank you that you meet us in this moment and that you guide us towards something better. In Jesus' name, amen.